What is up, guys? This is Scott from Iron Legion. This is episode 231 of Strong the Iron Will Weigh, official podcast of the Iron Legion Strength Company. In a recent video on Instagram, I talked about uh, how important it is not to compare our bodies with those uh, one percenters that we see on Instagram uh, who we aspire to be like and then spend our lives being miserable that we uh, don't look that way. Uh, I think this is also important in a couple other aspects of life. Similar similar concept. So uh, I want to talk about um, not just in our physical appearance, but also in like strength and physical performance, right? So recently we had a bench press seminar. Uh, Greg Panora came with one of his uh, powerlifting guys. And Greg is a world record powerlifter who has benched uh, close to, if not, benched 600 pounds, which is uh, completely insane. Um, it, that is the definition of a, you know, 1% of 1% person. Like, people on the earth don't do that. Um, and then he brought with him uh, a guy named Mark, who was also a very large, very strong guy. And Mark brought some good perspective to the conversation, because Mark said, hey, <coughs> I'm strong, and I like competing in powerlifting, but I- I'm never going to be a world record lifter like Greg and I don't uh, expect to I'm not putting that pressure on myself I'm not gonna uh, sacrifice the way that Greg did his whole life in order to win those um, awards that's just not what I'm here to do but I'm I am here to compete have fun be a strongest version of me that I can be and always get better but I'm I'm not going to be disappointed if I'm not benching 600 pounds because I just know that's not my kind of genetic gifts even though he is freakishly strong and again he's probably in the you know 15 percent of the population but what i thought was cool about this was that as they continued talking uh greg talked about how i think he benched 405 pounds in high school now just to give some of you guys some perspective that might not know um i'm 220 pounds i've been lifting for 20 years and i can't bench 400 pounds at all and probably never will. Uh, I can bench press probably 340 pounds on a really, really good day. So this guy was benching more than I can as a full-grown adult when he was in high school. Uh, I think the first time he ever deadlifted, he could do 405 pounds, which is incredible because, again, I can do a little bit more than that, but not a whole lot more than that, and I've been lifting for my whole life. So... um, yeah, he was the strongest guy in Maine by far um, for probably since he was 15 on. And then he went to Ohio where he joined the elite powerlifters of the world and became kind of normal there because everybody was like him. And then he ultimately ended up becoming a champion there too. Now Mark tells the story about how when he went to college, he was the biggest, strongest guy in his high school. Went to college, was the biggest, strongest guy in his dorm or in his college until he went to a party and saw Greg. (laughs) And he was like, oh, shit. I thought I was going to be the biggest, strongest guy here, and now this guy's here. But I laughed because I thought, okay, well, my high school, college story in terms of being big and strong is, is almost the opposite of that. I was one of the smaller guys in my high school and on my hockey team and on my baseball team and throughout my whole life. And... Um, of course I can't try to compare myself to these two guys. These guys 
were always the biggest, strongest guys in their little world, and I was the opposite. So the fact that I'm even making a living teaching people about getting stronger and lifting weights, and the fact that I'm even in the same room and friends with these guys, um, and I can lift with them in front of them without being humiliated, uh, it's pretty good. I'm pretty proud of that, to be honest. So I think it's really important to recognize that and see that, uh, you know, even if you're not going to achieve that kind of level of somebody that was gifted, and again, like a one percenter, meaning that, you know, one percent of the planet can do that, uh, you can still make very dramatic improvements in your own um, life, strength, physique, uh, career. Uh, and, and I don't know if this is similar, but it, it occurred to me also in, in a life satisfaction kind of a thing. You're, you're, a lot of people talk to me about wanting to start their own businesses or how to perform better in their career and just, just seeking like kind of life job satisfaction. And I'm, I'm happy to say that people are asking me that because it must mean that I am, I'm giving that vibe off, that I'm very uh, happy and successful with how, where I'm at. And I, and I would say that I absolutely am. And one thing I would say along those lines is you have to really be able to look at yourself and recognize what you're good at, what you're not good at, what things that you're not good at can you become good at just by working at it, and what things are just not going to be a strong suit for you ever. Because that's going to be very important in determining how you should move forward in your business slash career and for life uh, ultimate happiness. And let me explain. I have a lot, a lot of people I talk to who want to have their own business of some sort, um, but they're not really natural salespeople. They're uncomfortable with the idea of selling things, talking to people, feeling like they're promoting stuff. Um, I would suggest to that person that they re-evaluate having their own business because no matter what kind of business you have, uh, you have to sell it. Uh, and if you have a bad in a connotation of what selling means, you're probably going to have a hard time being successful. Now, I would say when I first started doing this for a living, I didn't love the idea of sales. I hated the idea of going around door to door and selling candy for Little League or uh, doing anything that was sales-y. But I was able to become good at sales because what I learned from actually trying to learn sales and understanding it more was that if I was selling something that I truly believed in and I thought all people should have, I didn't feel like selling anymore. It was just a passionate um, display of what I believe in and it was easy to sell because um, it made perfect sense to me that somebody would spend X amount of dollars on any of the things that I'd be selling, whether it was a gym membership, a personal training session, a program, blah, 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 blah. I was very comfortable with that because I believed in the product so much. So I became good at sales. Um, even if it's our freaking t-shirts or hats, like I'm excited about them. I know people want to wear them. I know people want to buy them. I know people like them. So I'm always excited to sell them and I can sell them pretty well. So that would be a good example of something I didn't think I was good at, but I became better at because I was open to learning and, uh, I was able to look at it differently on the flip side. You know that we sell a lot of sweatshirts, t-shirts. Um, so we used to do orders of like 20. Now we do orders of like 150. So I'm very, I think, good and excited about our new shirts when they come out because I'm usually involved in the design process at some point. Um, I think I'm good at coming up with the ideas 
and I have an idea in my mind what the shirt would look like, but I'm not a great designer. So when I would try to design them myself, they wouldn't really come out great. It would be very frustrating. Uh, I started to have Chris from Holy Shirt do the designs for me, and then I, I could have the vision to adjust it, but he could make it look awesome. So I learned right there, okay, I have to let him do the design. I can have the idea, but somebody smarter, better than, better than me at this stuff needs to do the design. So when we start promoting the shirts, I can do that really well because I'm excited about them. I think I can uh, do a decent job of picking what people might like, getting feedback and so forth. But when it comes time to actually do the order, what happens is people buy them online. Uh, and after three weeks, we have 150 orders sitting in there that have to be organized in an Excel sheet. Um, how many black? How many gray? How many white? How many small through triple X? How many of this style and that style? Um, that is something that I am just not good at, and no matter how hard I try, I don't get any better at it. Every time I try to help with uh, either Lauren or Corey, who manage those things really well, uh, I believe that their brains work in that kind of a systematic, methodical meth uh, way really, really well. Mine does not. Um, so when I'm trying to do something like that, organize those numbers, put them into piles, make sure I have the right amounts, I always fuck it up. Always. Um, even when I really, really try hard to concentrate, I always mess it up. And it's very frustrating for me. Uh, I recently did a small order of 20 shirts for uh, Greg's team, and I managed to screw that up. And I was trying to be helpful to Corey, set it up for her, and I, and I messed it up. And, I, and everything I did, I kept messing it up more, right? So I started my vacation last week frustrated that I fucked this thing up by trying to help. So I am from now on going to have Corey and Lauren handle all of that because they're good at it. And they're better than me at it, and it is just frustrating and, and um, difficult for me. So imagine if I had a job that I had to do things like that. Um, I would feel completely inept. I'd be frustrated all the time. I probably would never move up in that job because was, I'm just not good at it. Um, but if I wasn't able to recognize that or if I felt stuck that that was my only job, I think I could end up with a miserable life. So I think you have to, if you're in a job working for somebody else, really take a look at what things you're good at, meaning what things come pretty naturally to you. Um, are you creative type with lots of ideas or are you type that doesn't have a lot of ideas but you can execute on things well? Um, and then make sure, you know, look around your, uh, I don't know, your, your company, I guess, and see what positions are, you know, make sure you have the right seat on the bus, as they say. If you're the creative type but you're in the... Um, organizational role uh, you might be frustrated all the time if and vice versa um, if you are thinking about doing your own thing starting your own business you really have to evaluate um, you know if I'm going to start uh, you know let's use our example if I want to start a training business am I really good at training but not so good at all the administrative stuff or am I really good at the business stuff but not so good at training and figuring out how to get the right people helping you in the right places because if you don't um, you will be extremely extremely frustrated and probably have a hard time being successful um, and and many times the person who thinks they want to have their own business if they're really honest with themselves and can look and say hey I don't think I, I really don't like doing sales I'm really not comfortable with uh, talking to groups of people or you know whatever it is promoting products online or whatever um, they should rethink having a business and start looking at getting a job where they can 
follow their passion but not be put in positions where they're having to do things that are not their strong suit. Uh, and again, just to put that into perspective with, with physical stuff, um, a lot of foreign countries have led the way in Olympics and things of that nature for many years because when they have organized uh, programs through the state or through the country, at a very young age, they divide the kids up into their particular sports based on their body types and their kind of positive attributes toward the sport, not based on what they like. So now I'm not suggesting that we do this because I think it's important for us to do things that we like. Um, but if you want to be a gold medalist um, at gymnastics, it's probably going to be more likely to happen if you are shorter, stockier, explosive, and powerful than if you are long and um, endurance built for endurance more like a long distance runner or a volleyball player uh vice versa if you want to be a pro basketball player it's probably not going to be helpful uh, very likely if you're built like a five foot six wrestler so um for us because we can choose things we like you know i might be with my body type i might enjoy playing basketball but i have to accept the fact that i'm probably not going to be great at it and not going to be even very good at it um, but i might still like to do it um, but I can't get frustrated if I'm not at the level of somebody who's six foot nine. So again, if my six foot nine basketball player friend wants to come do some powerlifting with me, he's going to have to understand that he's probably not going to have the same leverages as I do for lifting. And he's probably not going to be as strong as me pound for pound because my body type is more suited to lifting than it is to basketball and vice versa. So if you're lifting, but you're frustrated that somebody else is so much stronger than you, um, even on their first day or their 10th day or their 10th year, understand that a lot of that is leverages and genetics and the way that your, your machine is put together. Um, and you're going to have people that excel just because they were built that way and they put in the work and they do everything that they're supposed to do. And that's where you get your world champions. But it doesn't mean that my six foot nine basketball player friend can't get stronger, look better and enjoy lifting and powerlifting, he's just got to understand that he would probably never be a world record holder and be okay with that and just enjoy it. So hope that helps guys. I am out and I will talk to you soon.